Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, Talking Yoga with Joe, and thanks for tuning in today. It's been a while, and I'm glad to be back. I've been busy leading some of my hemp oil workshop classes and leading the seminars before class on CBD hemp oil. I have a couple more dates set up, and the next one is April 22nd at Studio 33 here on Kiowa Island in South Carolina. If you're around the area, come by the studio. CBD is a non-psychoactive compound from the cannabis plant that is also an anti-inflammatory oil. Inflammation is basically a generic response to a threat to your health. Your body activates your immune system as you try to fight off the attacker. Unfortunately for most people, their habits are what cause the inflammation in the first place. So it can be anything from poor diet, stress, and so on. And CBD has been shown to reduce inflammation and is one of the most effective ways to do so. And if you're interested in your order or package of CBD hemp oil by the brand Prime My Body, you can order a 50mm bottle at yogawithjoe.primemybody.com. My guest on this special episode is Jenna Paleo, owner-founder of Flower Town Charm, an 1850s colonial farmhouse. Jenna is a designer, home renovator, gardener, DIY enthusiast, and all-around great person. Her journey and story and how she got started from Hawaii and ended up here in Somerville, South Carolina, is a great story, and I'll let Jenna here on the podcast tell all of you. We talk about sustainability, farming, animals, and at the end, we share some pretty exciting news for all the podcast listeners. So I can't wait for all of you to listen out for that. So here it is, episode number 15 with my guest and friend, Jenna. Thank you for doing the pod- being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this I appreciate it. And we're at the um, Flower Town Charm headquarters. Yes. So, AKA my house. <laughs> your house. Can you um, paint a picture for everybody and tell um, what is Flower Town Charm and sure. how you got started? Yes. So, Flower Town Charm started out as our home. Um, we own a historic home here in Somerville, South Carolina. And um, it started out as my blog. Um, my husband and I bought this house as a fixer upper. And I wanted to blog kind of our start to finish adventures on on our process. And then later we added a mini farm, which you got to meet today, our goats and our chickens. And you've met our dogs before. We Mm -hmm. have some barn cats around here. And um, so we added our mini farm and then came our Flower Town Charm farm line. So we started with goat milk soaps and then added candles and then we've added... Um, some woodworking things like blanket ladders and wooden trays, things like that. Um, so now we do that as well. And um, in addition to that, we also paint furniture. So kind of a whole, <laughs> a whole bunch of things mixed into one name. Is, is yeah, what we do and your here. headquarters here. I mean, this yes, is Flower Town Charm. Everything from here. So we don't have a storefront. We sell from our home and online. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your background and like how you got started in in this. Oh goodness. Um, My husband and I are from Hawaii originally. When we were in college, we ventured to what we call the mainland here in the States. (laughs) Um, We did our senior year of college here and we just ended up staying in the States. Um, 
we bought our first home in Arizona and we stayed there a few years, but Arizona just wasn't for us. Coming from a tropical island, a desert was not, it's not right. for us. Um, so then we kind of said, well, where do we want to be? Because we, we were married at that point. We wanted to settle down and we also wanted a home to fix up. That was kind of our thing. That's how we have fun on the weekends. And so we ended up here in South Carolina and we bought this home and how we got here <laughs> yeah so you were went from hawaii and did a like a, a broad semester or yes they call it like call an it exchange exchange um and you exchange to other state schools right so we did one um we ended up in reno nevada for that mm-hmm. and then we kind of just made our way down to arizona um it was during the housing crash so we were able to buy our first home we were 19 or 20 years old at the time weren't married but we just said you know this would be a good investment in our future so why not and so that's what we did <laughs> that's amazing yeah um when you were in arizona i read online that you also had another business there where you were working with a lot of animals yes. specifically dogs i think yes i was sitting. a i was a dog sitter um my dog was called every dog has its day <laughs> i mean my business not my dog <laughs> my business <laughs> Um, and I was an in-home pet sitter, so I would go to clients' homes while they were on vacation and take care of their home, their pets as if they were home. Um, a lot of people like that because their dogs aren't getting anxiety from staying at a shelter or at a kennel. Um, they're just at home in their everyday routine, and I just come in and feed them and play with them. So. That's amazing. Yeah. And I don't know if we've talked about it yet so far. Um, but where we're at now in Flower Town Charm, you are we're surrounded by different types of animals. Mm-hmm. Can you go through the list and say um, what's here? Here on the farm? Yeah. Okay. Um, we have two goats, Magnolia and Wisteria. They are Nigerian dwarf goats. So they probably weigh about 50, 60 pounds, the size of a medium dog. So uh, we were able to have them here. We are in the middle of the city, but our zoning codes allow us to have this many farms. So um, we have two goats. We have 12 chickens. Um, We have four barn cats and then our four dogs as well. So that's what we have here on our property. Um, And next door to us is a mini cow farm and they have five cows over there. So mini farm still sitting yes (laughs) (laughs) um what about in hawaii were you still in that environment around animals a lot you know we did not grow up on a farm um whatsoever but i've just always loved animals i'm just an animal person i'm the kind of person i can't watch movies where animals get hurt i if people get hurt i'm fine with it in movies but animals I, i can't um in hawaii i grew up with one dog but i always begged my parents for more always always so Every time they said no, I'm like, fine, when I get married and have my own house, I'm going to have as many animals as I can. I have goats. So now I do. I have a lot of animals. Um, My husband, however, he grew up on an acre um, also in Hawaii, and they had eight dogs. So when I met him, I was like, yes, you are the one for me because you (laughs) love animals too. So, um, So yeah, that's kind of our little fascination with animals and why we wanted a farm. And when did that start for you? You had the dog when you were little in Hawaii? The dog I had um, the year before I was born, my parents had him. So he he passed away when I was 16. So I always grew up with him, loved him. He was a family member. And so uh, ever since he passed, I've just always wanted more dogs. Um, so yeah, that's, 
<laughs> that's how that happened um and then when my husband when I met him we were 16 years old when I met and I just adopted all his dogs as my own too when I would stay at his house I just said I have eight dogs too even though they were his <laughs> so, kind of funny. so after Arizona mm -hmm. um you ended up here in South Carolina yes but tell us how you found out about Charleston too so it's kind of funny we we knew we wanted to live in a historic home to fix up, so that kind of led us to the East Coast because there's more homes here that are affordable, that are older. Um, we did not want to live anywhere where there was snow, so that brought us south. And um, my husband worked for a company where their main hub was in Atlanta. So at first we were like, well, maybe we should check out Atlanta first. They had everything on our checklist that we wanted. But when we got there, it was just too much city for us. We just didn't like it. Um, so then I, we were kind of torn and heartbroken because we thought that was going to be it. And we were sitting in the hotel room in Atlanta and um, the movie The Notebook came on. And it's my favorite movie. I'm sure it's everybody's favorite movie at this point. But at, as I was watching it, I was like, wait, where is this film? Because that's the life I want. It's beautiful. It's, it's historic. It's southern. And so I started Googling like where it was filmed and it said here in Charleston most of the movie anyway mm -hmm. um so immediately i i told chris my husband i said i want to go to charleston let's already book this next trip i almost wanted to just get up and drive down here because we were in atlanta but we had to get back home and back to work and things so we planned our next trip and came here to charleston fell in love with charleston it's just it's everything we've ever wanted that we didn't know we wanted um, and then we took three or four more visits here before we just finally said, yes, we, we want to move here. Yeah. So. That movie is one of my favorites as well. So good. Um, me and my wife, like, when we were in New York, I mean, even in high school, I think we were, we watched that movie. And now living in Charleston, like, it's pretty cool because it's, it's so the much Spanish like Moss, the movie, really. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to uh, Magnolia uh -huh. Plantation? Yes, it's one of our favorites. Yeah. Yes. So have you gotten to explore like some of the sites from the movie, like the plantations? And We've done, um, before it closed, we did go to Cypress Gardens. That's where um, the scene in the movie is filmed where all the geese are in the river and they're having that, um, that moment where they get back together mm -hmm. um, and they kiss in the rain. So that was filmed at Cypress Gardens, which unfortunately closed from the flood that happened two or so years ago. Um, but as soon as that opens back up, we are going back because it's beautiful there. Um, but yeah, a lot of the other sites here are just beautiful. I mean, even visiting the other plantations, you really just, you feel the magic in those gardens. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And where we're at now in Somerville, I mean, it's a pretty neat spot because it's only 20, 30 minutes away from the downtown historic area, Charleston. Mm -hmm. But where most of the scenes were in the movie around these, surrounded by these plantations, mm -hmm. um, is almost where you're near, right? Yeah, yeah. I, from our home right here, I think we're a 15-minute drive to Middleton Plantation, which is, I mean, we, we have like a membership and we visit there monthly. We love it there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Somerville's kind of the, the perfect spot to be for us because you have access to Charleston, but not the expense. And then you have access to all these other cool things to do up here. So yeah. we love it. And that kind of goes to the name of Flower Town Charm, right? Mm -hmm. So what is Flower Town? 
So Flower Town um, is the name of Somerville. It's kind of like its nickname. Um, it's always been nicknamed Flower Town in the Pines. I think since, I want to say the 1860s. I'll, you'll have to not quote me on that, on that year. But okay. um, uh, some lady nicknamed the town Flower Town in the Pines. And she, um, she won $5 for picking the name. Like I guess it was a contest. And so she won $5. Um, for winning the, the the nickname of the town or something like that. So, so when we when we were trying to find a name for our blog, I knew someday I would expand to other things. So I didn't want it to just be like Flower Town Home or something with just about the house because I knew we would expand. Um, and then I kind of was playing with names. You always hear Southern Charm and Charleston Charm, and so I, I don't know. The name just fits. So. That's what we went with. It does sound awesome. Yeah. And it incorporates everything that you're doing here. So you have all these animals here, um, two goats and chickens, but you also have a lot of merchandise on your website. Mm -hmm. Can you go through and um, what kind of stuff do you sell and, and do you make? Um, so we have our soy candles. Um, we do a bunch of different glasses in those. We have anywhere from antique mason jars all the way to um, milk bottle candles. We also do apothecary jars, so we have kind of a whole different mix of candle types. Um, and we do all soy wax, all natural. There's no additives in those, no chemicals. Um, we also have hemp wicks in them, so even down to our wicks are a natural product. Um, our goat's milk soaps are made from um, goat's milk here in Charleston. Of course, we wanna incorporate our two goat's milks at some point, but they have to have kids first which we are trying to do this um, summer. So hopefully this fall we'll have goat kids and we can get our own goat milk. But for now we partner with a farm down in Johns Island, um, Burden Creek Dairy, and they specialize in making goat's milk cheese. And um, we just started making soaps and they needed a soap maker, so we've partnered with them in exchange um, for me making their soaps for them. They give me some milk to use for my soaps. Um, so we do goat's milk soaps. We also do um, a lot of like home and gift items. So we do like tea towel, um, like decorative tea towels for your kitchen or your bathroom. We do, oh gosh, what else? We do wooden trays, blanket ladders. Um, we sell a couple plants here on the farm. I like, I grow avocado trees that I sell. Um, we also sell our eggs that from our chickens. What else is there? Oh goodness. Um, you have the whole retail list. Yeah, there's like a whole <laughs> whole retail list. We do sell here locally. Um, you can pick up things from the house or um, our Etsy store, Flower Town Charm. We list all the products we sell as well. So, so you are on Etsy mm -hmm. and all that's available there? Yes. What, um, what's really cool and neat that I like is it's a really an ecosystem of how everything kind of works together and how you're very resourceful. Yeah, everything fits and we sell it because it fits with with our theme. I mean, we only kind of sell things that that relate back to to how we live our everyday life here. Um, so you know, we that's kind of how it was born. Was if I like this, maybe other people will like it, and that's kind of how I pick and choose items for for our retail or for our home things in general. Yeah, I was talking to you a little bit about this before, but using like the internet and technology, how much of um, the online world is a part of like what you do as far as like your research and kind of coming up with that 
maybe like Pinterest ideas and stuff. Yes, right? oh Pinterest, oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow me on Pinterest, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of pins on there. Um, <laughs> I think Pinterest is kind of what started me out in the first place of falling in love with old homes and farmhouses and things like that. Um, so it kind of was the start? Yeah, the I think that kind of started it. Wow. Um, and then other things, uh, Instagram has now become a huge thing and I, I, we're part of that as well and I get a lot of inspiration from there and as well as just meeting a lot of other people who are interested in what we do. I mean, we have friends that I've made on Instagram who almost have the same exact lifestyle we do with the mini farm and the historic home and so I can play ideas off of them or share interests with them and it's almost, I've made friends that way here. Um, Right. So, so it kind of works cool both too. ways. Yeah. You're getting the information, but you're putting it right back out there for exactly. others. Exactly. Yeah. So they, I'll get an idea from a friend and then turn it into something else that, that kind of incorporates into our lifestyle. So it's, it's definitely a lot of research, a lot of taking ideas from things that I see. I'm very visual. If I see something and I can turn it into an idea, that's, that's how I create things in my mind. My creativity works. So yeah. And even for safety reasons, even for medical, um, you had an Instagram story just the other day that one of your chickens was not feeling well and gotten sick yes. and unfortunately passed away. But you were saying in the story too that it could be certain number of things that could have caused that. What was that um, issue about, do you know? So one of our chickens got sick. I came out to the coop in the morning to do our normal chores and she was kind of laying there almost lifeless just in the bottom of the coop. Um, so instantly I'm trying to go through my head like the last time I saw her, what, what, what could have transpired to cause her to be sick and I couldn't think of anything. Um, so immediately I took a dog crate, I brought her into the house in the dog crate, put a warming pad on her and just things that from researching chickens before we got them things that I remembered to do when you have a sick chicken. You need to isolate them, take them away in case the rest of the flock gets sick. Um, and then you start administering things like vitamins and probiotics and electrolytes, just trying to get her to kind of wake up a little bit and respond. Um, she was not responding after a couple hours to those vitamins and things. And um, just based off of her symptoms, I knew it could only be like a handful of things. Um, and none of them were really things that I could prevent um, at that point, and unfortunately she passed. Um, but you know, at least as a, as a farm owner, even though we're a mini farm, you still kind of come to the understanding when you have animals that you're gonna lose some at some point. And so as much as I love animals and as much as I hate to see them suffer, I just had to, I just had to accept that she passed and I don't think there was anything I could have done to prevent it at that point, um, but at least I can learn from it and, and know what to do in the future to prevent it from happening to the other chickens. So there's just a lot of research and things that, that you got to learn. I mean, for example, Easter is coming up and there's a big issue in the farm community that people just go pick up baby chicks from the store, go get, bring a bunny home to their kids and they don't know what to expect. They just say, they see a cute chicken and they bring it home. And, um, and a lot of people don't do the research ahead of time for, 
for getting those animals. So I think that's important if you're gonna get an animal um, to do a lot of research ahead of time and, and kind of know what to expect and not just just treat it as you know a, a cute little kitten or puppy because it's it's very different. I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's, it's so a what's big their, issue. What's their intention? They, they just think it's and, cute and it's right. Easter and um, and then what happens is a lot of those baby chicks or bunnies, um, the the families usually can't take care of it anymore. They didn't realize how much of a of a burden it was to take care of those animals and they usually just end up ending up at shelters or be given away or things like that and it's a big issue actually please please do your research yes i would never i mean now i can go home go get a chicken if i want to like from the store but i mean if i would have just brought a baby chick home without having a coop properly set up or not having the right feed or not knowing that baby chicks need 100 degrees 90 degrees for the first couple weeks of their life um there's a lot of things that that you have to know to take care of those animals right it's a huge responsibility it is yeah and as an animal lover as well you know i would want the we would all i hope want the best for everybody exactly yeah so what kind of advice do you think you would give some someone that's listening to this and hearing like how you got involved in story in your in your story and now you have this house how would you um what kind of advice would you give them on maybe where and how to get started so my biggest my biggest piece of advice besides researching which we've kind of already uh, talked about I would say is just know your limits Um, I think my husband and I we I mean this house is a major fixer-upper it wasn't like little things it was it was pretty major Um, I would say if you want a fixer-upper home or if you want just a, an older home that needs some uh, touch-ups or cosmetic things. Um, just kind of know what you can do and what you think you could learn. Um, over the years, my husband and I have, have self-taught ourselves pretty much everything that we've done to the house. And prior to buying this house and living in Arizona, we knew nothing about handyman things, tools. We didn't really own a lot of tools besides maybe a basic tool set of screwdrivers and hammers. And now we have a whole shed full of every tool that you can think of. Um, so, you know, even though things may seem daunting or seem hard, just kind of know what you can do and then maybe what you think you could learn to do. And then, you know, ask for help if, if you do need it. But give it a try and try and learn new things. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that we've loved about doing this is the things that we've learned and been able to do ourselves and then afterwards look back at a finished room and say, we just did that all by ourselves. We didn't have to spend a thousand dollars to hire such and such to do it. We did it and there's a lot of pride in that. And um, so I would say, you know, take it slow and, and learn what you can before you hire out. And, and make it a learning experience. I think that's been the funnest part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great advice because you don't stop learning and it feels, it must feel so rewarding and so great to be able to tackle on all these. It really is. I mean, for example, the chicken coop that's behind you, um, we get compliments on it all the time and people just assume that we bought it. And I, and I have to say, no, my husband actually built that. And it's just so much pride to say that. And and if you would have asked me five years ago to build a chicken coop, I would not have known how to do that. 
I was terrified of nail guns. We were terrified of saws. And now it's just an everyday thing on the weekend for us here. So, um, so you know, just you can probably do a lot more than you think you can is, is what we've learned. Yeah, and aesthetically, it's so nice Thank when you. you look at it. <laughs> Thank you. And most importantly, it works. Yes, <laughs> it's very functional and pretty. <laughs> and what other projects you have going on? Because on your Instagram and your social media, you're... Um, have you talked a little bit about the bees? Yeah. The we, oh, no, we haven't mentioned that. Um, we are getting our beehive. Um, well, we have our beehive. It's right there. You, you have the beehive. see it. Yeah. Um, we are getting our actual bees in about two weeks. Um, we have never owned bees before. This is a first time thing for us. Again, expanding and learning about new animals. And um, so it was a little daunting at first. My, when my husband first brought it up, I was like, we are not getting bees. It's too dangerous. It's scary. And then when we started doing the research and watching YouTube videos and talking to other beekeepers, we said, wow, I, I think we could really do that. Um, so since then, we've gotten our beehive and we're getting our bees and we've talked a lot to, to other mentors and learned as much as we possibly can before we take this on. And, and Somerville and, and the world in general really just needs bees right now. So um, we wanted to do our part sure do you have any other projects that are in the near future um let's see we are finishing up our deck railing right now um we've pretty much got it 90 percent finished and then we have to paint so that's kind of what we're working on at the moment um after we finish that we need to work on a master bathroom um we have a really beautiful old um buffet that we are going to transform into our new vanity with two sinks in it. Uh, so we're going to start working on that. Um, we already exposed a hidden fireplace that's in our bathroom. So that's literally just sitting there with the wall open for the past couple months. Just things that you do when you have a fixer upper house. Sometimes you start a project and you can't finish it right away. So we have an open fireplace in our bathroom that needs to be finished. Um, we also have laminate floors in that bathroom that we know there's hardwoods underneath so we're going to rip up the laminate refinish those hardwoods put in the new buffet vanity and then finish off the fireplace so that is kind of next on our list after we finish this deck project wow so you got the interior and ulterior <laughs> yes we always have something going on i mean you've seen all the tools and the wood just scattered everywhere in our house yeah. um i'm sure we'll be working on projects for the next couple years but we kind of knew that going in. So. Cool. Well, I have a couple of questions that I like um, kind of asking towards the end of the podcast. Okay. And I have one really particular I'm excited to ask you. Uh-oh. Um, and I haven't <laughs> asked in a while. But what is um, your greatest investment that you've ever made that was less than $100? Oh, gosh. So $100 is your best investment. Ooh. You're putting me on the spot on that. <laughs> um... I mean, my husband would probably tell you one of his tools, because um, he he uses those a lot. Um, oh, yeah. But for me personally, I'm like looking around trying to think. Of <laughs> How much did that cost? I know. I mean, first first thing that would come to mind would be my animals, but they, I mean, some of them cost a little more than a hundred, but just because they're personally like, they have my heart. Sure. Um, you know. Actually, I would say anything that 
that we own that gives back to us. For example, I'm looking at, at my fruit trees right now. Um, and I think they, when I come out here to our, to our mini farm in the backyard, those are the things that make me happy, are the things that we've planted and have been able to see grow and thrive um, and that also give back to us. So I would say that, that those are the things that I'm most proud of because we're taking care of them and it's not just something that I bought that's thrown in a closet or, um, or an appliance in the kitchen that is there but you don't appreciate. Um, when I come out here to our farm every day, I smile and I look around and I appreciate those things. Um, so I would say probably things like our fruit trees or our garden um, that we've put money into but we still get something back from it. I, I would say that. It's a pretty big investment. Yeah. yeah, something that's going to give you fuel. Exactly. Fruit. I mean, and we, we share those things. Um, I mean, our fruit trees aren't big enough yet, but at some point when we have too much fruit and we can't eat it all, those are things that I can then share with others. Like like our chicken eggs. I've given you a half dozen chicken eggs last mm -hmm. week. Um, so those are things that we, we like to share with people, and then we like to share the knowledge of how we grew it and how you can do it and, and things like that. So I, I would say that. Yeah, well, you definitely share the knowledge, and thank you for that. Yeah. Um, your Instagram stories, um, your blog posts, all that's fantastic, and I urge people definitely to um, go out and check that information out on flowertowncharm.com. Yes. Yeah, and in Instagram, is it the same? Uh, Instagram, you can just put in the search Flower Town Charm. Um, we have two Instagrams. We have um, Flower Town Charm Farm. And then we have my name, which is Jen Panahal Paleo, but it's kind of hard to assume how to spell that. So if you just put in the search Flower Town Charm, both accounts should pop up. You'll find it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Definitely Instagram stories are great. You, um, yes, I'm on that every day. <laughs> yeah, even in the morning when you're kind of waking up with your animals, mm -hmm. too. People get to experience that with yes, you. So yes. that's amazing. People love watching the goats and the chickens in the morning. That's their favorite story, so I always try and share those. and. And anything else that we're working on, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a zen thing for me to share what I'm doing because I, all of our family doesn't live here. All of our friends that we've grown up with don't live here. So it's kind of my way of sharing what we're doing without be, having them here. And then new people that are following us, we get to share that as well. So it's kind of fun for us. Right. It's fun and keeps us all connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of the goats, I guess, should we share this information? I think Would we you like should. To? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> you, you do it. So, I mean, when we connected a couple of weeks back, mm -hmm. um, we had talked about this, um, but we will be doing a goat yoga class here yes. in Somerville, South Carolina, at the Flower Town Charm headquarters. Yes. And uh, with Magnolia and Wisteria. Wisteria. Yeah. Um, and I got to do a little bit of a beta yoga practice before with them, and they're so so sweet, so so lovable, and uh, it's a really cool experience. So. Um, the date's going to be TBA. Yes. All right. We haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> we'll figure out the logistics. But uh, if you're in the Charleston area and you're listening and you're interested in goat yoga, um, definitely follow my account or go and follow Jenna at the Flower Town Charm um, Instagram and her page. And you can find that information when it is out. Yay. I'm excited. Cool. I think it's going to be fun. I have goats. He has yoga. So we're just combining the two. <laughs> <laughs> Making it work. Yes. And cool. Thank you so much. Emma. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This has been fun. 
There it is, you guys. I'm very happy you got to listen in today. Thank you to my guest, Jenna. And I'm super excited to let you all know right now our details to the very first goat yoga class here in Charleston. It will be held Friday, April 27th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And for more information, you can visit flowertowncharm.com slash goat yoga for more information about the class and the event. And to make reservations as well, you can email jenna at flowertowncharm.com. Until next time, namaste.